Um, we've been on this series of relationships, you know, walking in relationships, walking in relationship with God, walking in relationship with one another, walking in relationship with the body of Christ. And so today, I mean, last week, Robbie talked about uh, in relationship to things that hinder relationships, broken, you know, to try to break down relationships. And he talked about unforgiveness and where unforgiveness tries to come in and really hinder our lives. And uh, we've watched that. Of course, we do a lot of freedom teams and, and inner healing and things like that. And we definitely see unforgiveness and, and the things that uh, have happened to people just have such an effect on people. And I've watched this place. I'm not sure what we're doing here. Um, but I've watched this place of, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, talking about unforgiveness, what Robbie talked about last week, that'll kind of be this ball and chain, you know, and we, I don't have a piece of paper and I don't have it up on the screen. So basically I'll just, you know, and we, we kind of like have this big old, we're pulling this big ball and chain around everywhere we go. Okay, I don't know if you think that this is effective, but this is kind of what we look like, you know, with unforgiveness. All right. But there's also something that is called, I call it the other side of unforgiveness. And if you've been a DPer for a long time, you've already heard this. I encourage you to, to, to listen to it again really hear it and, and the spirit has been shared. But, there's a lot of uh, times where we, I call it the other side of unforgiveness where, guess what? When somebody sins against us, I mean, unless you're not like not like me and you respond really good, I mean, if you respond well in the sight of, you know, when somebody hurts you, then you probably don't need to listen to this sermon. You probably can go on and on. But I'm pretty sure, oh, except for, okay, Richard, he's good. But the reality is none of us respond probably really well in that in the face of uh, somebody hurting, sinning against us or hurting us. So we're going to talk about, well, well, what is our response, you know? And if it isn't a godly response, then is that something that I need to deal with? And I need to walk out of. Uh, because I've seen what happens is that the, the one chain of unforgiveness gets us, you know, when we get, you know, somebody hurts us, well, of course, you know, there's an opportunity for us to hold unforgiveness. Problem is, well, what if I get angry? In that moment, what what does that do? Well, it throws a chain on the other leg, and then you look like you know, this. You know, you know, this is what we and this is a spirit. This is what we look like spiritually a lot in life. You know, because we're dragging stuff around that we don't have to. God made provision for it. God made the absolute empowerment to get do it. It's hard. The the word Robbie shared last week was hard. The word I'm sharing today is hard. I wish I could make fluff it up and make it better for you. I can't. I can't. But there's a reality that there's freedom for it. There's freedom there, and there's life there. Um, but but the enemy wants to overwhelm us, and not we just won't go there. Okay, so that's what I want to talk to you about today. Just talking about this other side of unforgiveness. What is our response when somebody does something against us uh, and sins against us? And and what the Lord really um, well and. It was, it was interesting. If I if I had to choose one teaching that I would take with me to minister to people anywhere, I, if I could only te- take one and I could only minister that one, I would take this teaching because I see it over and over and over again. Set people free. But the problem is, is that a lot of it, we don't we don't deal with this side. You know, when somebody sins against us, typically what what you know we just say you know you need to forgive them, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's an obvious, right? You need to forgive them. So we forgive them. And so, um, and a lot of times people say, well, you just got to get over it. You just got to move on. You got to do it. Well, there's 
I mean, there's a little bit of untruth to that, but not. There's some places though. With, what if I haven't dealt? What if I forgive somebody, but I haven't dealt with anger and bitterness? Do you think I'm going anywhere? I can deal with this side. I can get rid of this. I can forgive them, but then what am I doing? I'm still back to the one hot, you know, the one leg in here. You know, I'm just, I'm just dragging it around on the other leg. And there's a place that God wants to bring freedom. Um, so the first thing the Lord just said to me in the relationship is I need to be prepared. First thing I need to be prepared in is, woo, uh, flip it back one, is just in our, that knowing that offense will come. It's inevitable. Uh, God even spoke it, uh, the Luke 17 passage. Um, Robbie shared this last week. He said to his disciples, inevitable that stumbling blocks come. But woe to who they come. It would be better for him a millstone cast around his neck and, and cast in the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So, but go on to the next one, because this is in reference to sin. Be on your guard. If your brother, what, sins against you. Okay? Now, a lot of us would say, well, I'll go rebuke him, right? That's what it says, right? No, but you've got to do that in love, right? But there's a place that if he sins, there's a I got to be prepared for it. There's going to be places where I can be a great dad, but I'm not going to be a sin a, a dad that never hurts my kid. I'm working towards that, and I believe that I can get pretty close. But I'm, I'm going to come up short. I'm I'm a human. Uh, same thing with my, uh, relationship to being a husband, relationship to being uh, a leader in a church, or or whatever that looks like. I'm going to come up short to certain you know in certain stamp standpoint. So I but I have to know that's coming back that. There's people they're gonna they're gonna come up short. Okay, I gotta be prepared for that. I gotta be prepared, prepared in my heart for that. Look at this. And if he sins against you seven times a day, and returns to you seven times, what are you supposed to do? They forget you. Ain't no way. Six is six is good. I'm done. Right? No, he's saying repent and forgive. Now, the reality. Look at that. I love the the disciples' response because this is pretty much our response. God, there ain't no way. <laughs> there ain't no way to do that. I don't know if you know this, but you're God and all, but this is the reality. That if, I, if somebody comes and sins against me seven times, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting through that six, fifth, sixth, seventh one. Right? Anybody with me? No? So what did they ask for? Increase my way. Faith. It's got to be something supernatural. I, I believe that we're supernatural people, so I believe we can operate in supernatural ways. I believe that we don't have to give in to the way our flesh wants to respond and, and all these other things. And we'll talk about that. But increase our faith. It's like, we just can't do that without you, God. And I realize that you can't do this without God. But everything I'm talking to you about today, we have to do it with the Lord. But we have to be also willing to let the Lord do it, do it in us. All right? So know that offense will come. Know how the scales of justice work. Look at this one. This is why I wanted my hands, because I need both hands. Um, Go on to that scripture, uh, Matthew five thirty eight. All right, you've heard from the ancients, right? Eye for an eye, right? So the way it worked usually is that if you took my eye, scales have turned tip. Are we even? An eye for an eye, right? Now we're even. Tooth for a tooth. Now we're even. All right. So the reality is that this is about justice. Anybody, anybody, when they get sinned against, want justice? Uh, come on now. In, inside, even if you're the best person in the world, 
Man, when somebody sins against you, you, you just want you want some justice. Just like last week, Robbie was wanting Tony to kind of, you know, you can go ahead and do <laughs> But the reality is that God wants us to be able to understand justice and, and God's justice in this whole thing. But look at this. I say to you, do not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, do what? Extend him the other? Oh. But what, why, what, why would he say that? Because when somebody slaps me, what does it look like? You understand what I'm doing? My hands, the old scale, I didn't have one. I tried to find Burby to see if they carried one. Uh, I called Burby. But the old, the old scales where you put a weight on one side and weight on the other and you try to weigh them out. The reality is that what somebody slaps me, it does what? Now, God will move. This is injustice. Now, will God move in injustice? You better believe he will because he's a God of justice. His founda- the found- It says in the word, the foundation of his throne is justice. So he will move on that. That's just even the scale. God's saying, not only do this, but get it, get it more. Let, it, let him have the other two. God will move on that. God will move on your behalf. Now, that doesn't mean stay in abuse and things like that. Don't take that out of context, okay? There's a place where you you get help and things like that. But what he's saying here is that don't respond. It's all about our response. Look at this. Anyone wants to sue you, take your shirt, sue them back, right? Take them down. <laughs> That's not what Jesus said. He says, here, take my shirt as well, right? What in the world? Why is he, why is he saying that? It's a, it's a justice thing. He's like, keep this... Keep the scales tipped so God can work on your behalf. All right? Keep going. Um, whoever forces you to go one mile, go two. Give to him, ask you. Do not turn away from him. Who wants to borrow from you? You shall have heard. You you have heard. You shall love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say you love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be what? Sons and daughters. That's how a son and daughter walks. It's a place where if we're walking in supernatural power, when somebody sins against me, I'm believing that anger, bitterness, these things that we're going to look at, those won't be my first response. Now, am I there yet? No. Okay? Am I preaching from a place of I need to get there? Yeah, of course. But, we all, but we're all on that, that thing. But I want to implore us today. Um, go on to the next one. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your what? Own revenge. But why? Leave room for the wrath of God. Vengeance is mine, says God. So, same deal. When the scales get tipped, this this leaves room. Okay. When I respond in sin, that's what that does. Okay. So that's why we got to be in that place. All right. And then the last one is just in being prepared. Know the offense. Offenses are going to come. Don't be don't be utterly surprised when they do. I mean, I'm not going around looking for him either. I mean, I don't, I'm not going around going, gosh, I, I'm just waiting until the next time Leah hurts me or whatever. I, it, some of us can get in that mode. You don't want to, if that's the mode, God wants to bring healing and freedom to that. But there's a place where I, when she sins against me, it's, I, I, I don't want to be surprised. I want to be able to operate in the freedom of the Spirit. Um, go on to the next one. Um, go back to. Okay. Keep going. Where, where am I? I'm looking for the first Peter. Go on. 
Keep going. Oh, sorry. Stay right there. This is that last. This is another part of that. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you're gonna what? Heap burning coals. Anybody know what that means? Heap burning coals is it's a thing of cleansing. It's a thing of restoration. Back in Jer- when Jeremiah, you know, he, they touched the coals to his lips. It was a purification thing. God wants to bring healing, restoration. Um, that's part of his the way he moves in this place. Okay, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So there's a place that's the call of God. All right, go on. The last one is just know what the example we have to walk in. Jesus left us with a powerful example. And if he left it for us to walk in, he gave us the ability to walk in it, I believe. He gave us the supernatural power to walk in what he walked in. All right, but look what he did. When he suffered, since Christ suffered for you, he left an example who committed what? No sin? I believe when somebody sins against me, I really can walk in a place of not not retaliate, not sending back. It's hard. Not saying it's easy. Nor was any deceit found in his mouth while being reviled. He didn't what? Yell back. He didn't. When he was cut down, he didn't what? Cut somebody down. You know, that was the call of God. Uh, he didn't revile in return while suffering. He uttered no threats. But well, how did he keep going through that? How did he do that? Because you're like, well, he was Jesus. You know, that's always kind of the cop out. He was just Jesus. No, he's calling us to be in that same place. How did he do it? He had to entrust himself to somebody. Father God. He kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Okay? So I don't have to figure out when they tip the scale. Not if I entrust myself to one who judges righteously. I don't have to figure out. I always, you know, for me and Leah, when when, the, when that does that, I always want to tip it back just because I want, I want to know that I'm right. Right? Anybody, anybody struggle with that? You know, you want to tip the scale back because so, you know you're right? You know, Robbie talked about that a lot last week. You know, I can tip that scale back by using all sorts of stuff. It ain't godly, but I can get it back there. Unfortunately, I pay. When I'm, what was the saying? When I'm, when, uh, when being right causes me to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, being, being right is more than, than loving on the people that we care that I'm wrong. Okay, so that, it's all about trying to keep this scale, you know, the scales of justice. God wants, you know, when when somebody sins against me, it automatically puts that out of scale, and God will work. The problem is we have a problem as human beings getting that scale, and unfortunately, sometimes we get the scale going the other way. Uh, that's that's even that can be even worse. All right, so we're going to walk through these six things real quick because most of y'all have already heard them. Like I said, um, and. The most important thing is to start realizing that these are six things that when somebody sins against me, these are the ways I can respond. And if I respond in them, then guess what? I just I sinned in the process. Okay. Now, the problem is, is that a lot of times when somebody sins against us, we feel justified doing every one of these. And it will your flesh will make you feel justified. The problem is, is that you're making spiritual transactions and that you're getting into debt. I just pray that every time you you realize uh, that you know when I when I get angry I just slid my transaction card and I'm I'm getting more into debt. You know when I get complain against somebody when I judge them I'm just I'm making spiritual transactions that I don't have the money to 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 make do. Jesus already did that. So what we're gonna do? So what transactions that can I take? Well, the first one is just anger. You know 
most of us have deal with that, right? When somebody sins against you, I mean, I can check that one off real quick. Get angry. You get angry, look at look what happens. Uh, be angry, do not sin. I'm not sure how that works all the time, but when I get angry, I'm pretty much into sin about that time, same time. So they kind of go hand in hand with me. So, but I am looking for that place where I can get be angry and not sin. But look, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the what devil and opportunity a place to work that's why that's why anger is so uh terrible that's why it's so terrible in our lives because it gives the enemy an op- uh, a place to work and the fact that the second one uh this next the anger of man let's just go on to the next one uh this you know my beloved be everyone must be quick to hear slow to speak slow to anger i think we get those i think we rewrite those in our bible sometimes right if it could be, you know, slow to hear, quick to speak, and quick to anger, we'd probably have that one down pretty good, right? But the reality is that that's not the way he wrote it. He said, no, we need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Why? Because the anger of man never achieves the righteousness of God. So I can always guarantee you, if I'm in anger, I'm not achieving the righteousness of God. You know, if I'm walking in an unrighteous anger. So that's that's the thing. So the, the transaction card slid, and all of a sudden now I'm in anger. Okay, so that's one of them. All right. Uh, the second one's just bitterness. Look at this one um, in uh, Hebrews twelve fifteen. See to it that no one comes short of the what? Grace of God. We need grace of God in our life. Why do you need grace of God? Can you be saved without the grace of God? You can't. Grace takes us to that level we can't get to on our own. And so the fact is, I have to have grace. So what keeps me from Receiving grace. Bitterness. Alright? See to see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God that what? No bitterness would rise up, springing up, causing trouble. And by it, many are what? Defiled. See the, the problem is that a lot of these things they don't they don't just affect me. They affect everybody around me. So that's why we gotta deal with them. Alright, y'all still love me, aren't you? Just a second. I love you guys, I promise. Um, Complaining, I don't think, unless somebody wrote this thing. Oh, sorry. I see that you're in the gall of bitterness and the bondage. This was against, towards Simon. Gall of bitterness. Anybody know what gall is? It's not, it's not pretty. It's like bile. It's like, I don't throw up or whatever. It's nasty, whatever. That's what, that's, but that's the word picture of kind of bitterness. That's what it does. It just keeps regurgitating in your spirit and it makes us so defiled. And, Sometimes, you know, we think we can hide it real well, but it comes out. You know, you can't hide that for so long. Um, complaining, uh, somehow I erased this in my PowerPoint, but complaining, you know, do not complain against one another lest you be what? Judge. That's what the Word says. So if I'm going, if, if somebody sins against me and then I'm going to go complain to, you know, Dan about what so, what so-and-so did to me, what, what have I just done? Am I, am I sinning? I am. I'm walking in a place where I'm. somebody sinned against me, so the scales are tipped, but now I'm going to complain against them. Or now I'm going to get angry. Or now I'm going to get bitter. Can you see that? What happens is that it starts evening out the scales. and God, It's not that God doesn't want to work. It's the fact that you have already taken justice in your own hand, in your own heart, in your own spirit. And, that, and like I said, it's, it's normal, but I want it to be—I want it to be abnormal for me. I want it to be abnormal for me, and that's what I'm going to encourage us to do. Um, so don't don't complain against one another, lest you be judged. 
I mean, the problem with complaining is if, if I go complain um, to somebody, you know what? I have to live that out. I have whatever I'm complaining about. I better be living it out, right? And that and that what if I'm complaining that somebody's doing, you know, a poor job doing this? Well, now I've just raised my standard because I've better not even come close. That's why I don't even want to complain because I don't want that. St- I don't want to have to try to live by everything that I complain about. Because okay, remember, it's spiritual transactions. It's not, you know, when you complain, it's not. I'm just kind of talking or doing what. You no, know, you're making spiritual transactions. If I can get anything through to you, I just pray that God starts showing you every time I get angry or bitter, and just start sliding that card and realizing, I don't. I need to unslide that, and we'll talk about how. Um, hate. Look at this in Matthew six. You know, no one can serve two masters, for he will what? Hate the one and love the other. Okay, so basically, you get this this. Uh, Vision of just pushing away. Like I got to, I have to, to be able to love somebody and, and and if I have two masters, I can't have two masters. So if I'm going to have one, I'm going to I'm going to hate the other. So I'll push it away. And that's that's the word picture for hate. Um, and and the hard part is that you end up despising the other. So the enemy wants to get us into a place where we're pushing people away in our heart. Remember, this is all about the heart. Um, keep going on the next one. You know, the one who says he's in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness till now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light. And why, is, why if you abide in the light, are you going to stumble? You no, you're going to see what's there, right? That's why you're not. That's why we got to get our hearts clear of this stuff so that we can walk freely. We can walk clearly. We can walk in the light. Um, and it, and if we're holding hatred against brother, we we do not know where we're going because the darkness has blinded our eyes. So. A lot of us are going around tripping up or falling or doing whatever. Well, you know, maybe check that. Is there a hatred? Am I pushing just pe- pushing people away, keeping them out of distance so that I don't have to deal with them? You know, God wants us to be free people to, to be able to love people that we don't necessarily always enjoy being around, right? You know, I, I can't say that everybody loves my personality or loves who I am, but the reality is I want to just be able to love them anyway. I want to be able to encourage them anyway. All right, my, my wife's going to do judgment. She has something for judgment. Kind of like an intermission because, of course, I just can't. This will get to judgment at some point, but there's such a foundation in the scripture that will come up with judgment in this, this area of standards. And it was really funny because Mitch, um, he taught an online class on all of this for about eight weeks, and I was supposed to help him. But, like, I didn't really add much to it because I was repenting pretty much the whole time that he was talking. And I've heard, uh, I mean, I've heard this a lot throughout my life. I grew up in the church, but I don't know. You just get so busy and there's just so much going on. And especially when you're in relationship. I mean, I've got, I've got four kids and I'm married and there's just a lot of interaction that goes on just within, you know, that sphere. And I think you just let, you know, we just let things go. And Jared really gave a good word earlier about just not really getting overwhelmed, but allowing the Holy Spirit just to reveal these areas. And, um, but I feel like that there's a capacity that, that we have to operate out of in dealing with this. And Robbie really hit it last week about just even with unforgiveness. A lot of our hindrance for, for being able to forgive 
has to do with the fact that we haven't really received it in a lot of areas. I mean, what Jesus did on the cross is just, like, I really can't comprehend, like, what it really means. Okay, forgiveness, like, okay, that really means when I ask forgiveness, it's gone. It's gone. I don't know if any of y'all that have dealt with even repetitive, just areas of sin or addictions in their life, but just that place for me, especially with bulimia, where I was able to really, you know, the, the, the 50 times before that I'd asked forgiveness for it, like he did not remember those. So every day was a new day for me. And, and so out of this, and before I hit, I feel like I'm supposed to read this scripture first, but in the, in relationship to this, um, and Jesus is just an incredible example of how to walk. I mean, I just, like, when people struggle with the character of God, I'm like, just read. Like, read about Jesus. Like, really read about how he interacted with people. Like, he came to reveal the Father. You know, he, he came. So when you look at Jesus and how he operated, like, that was the heart of the Father. And in John 8, this is just an incredible passage. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach them. And the scribes and the Pharisees, and, and here you have, and you always see this thing going on between Jesus and the scribes and the Pharisees. And these were the performers of the day. I mean, they performed. They were performing the law. Like, really, they stood on their righteousness according to the law. And um, so here you have this, this interaction going on between them and the Son, the Son of God. And they brought a woman caught in adultery and having set her in the midst, and they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. And even if you get, like, this picture of this, I even think as a woman, like, one, being caught in this area of shame, but then being drugged in the middle of this group of people. And they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. And what then do you say? And they were saying this, testing him in order that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. I like to kind of know what he wrote. But, but when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, he who is without sin among you. Let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. I think that's interesting. I know the older I get, the more I realize how much help I need. You know, like the more you just realize, like only by God's grace. But um, but anyway, I thought that was funny. And when he when when he was left alone, and the woman where she was in the midst, and straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way. From now on, sin no more. And it's like this incredible picture. Because, I mean, what did he say? He's without sin? Cast the first stone. Who was without sin in that whole picture? Jesus. And what did he do? Later on, he says, just a couple verses later, he says, you people judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true. 
from not, I'm not alone in it, but I am he who sent me. And this area of judgment has just really been huge, I have to say, in my life. Um, because my flesh likes to perform. Because if I have standards that I can check off, then I'm secure. Whether those standards are, like Mitch jokes about safety. You know, I have this standard of safety, you know, that, okay, if I can do all this, then no one will get hurt. You know, whether it's a standard of marriage with our spouses or for our children. I mean, I could just go on and on for fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers. Our standards of beauty, talent, fashion. Like, really, in those standards, we even declare really what is worth something. Um, But in this... Like, you, you have Jesus bringing it back to this place. And I really feel like this is kind of the, the, the ground that evens everything. Like, where we have to operate from is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I think the places that we really get into judgment, and like me, I mean, because someone will do something, and then I'm justifying myself. I'm like, well, for this many years, I did this for you. And so... So, like, and just, like, the areas, like, of pride that I've had to deal with just in my heart, and not out of condemnation, but just where it's really sucked the life out of me and even kept me from just really being able, I mean, Jesus always, the Pharisees would come to him with these laws, and he responded, I know he responded twice with it, that I do not, I desire compassion over sacrifice. And that's where you just see him operating this way. And I mean, it is hard. Like some of the scriptures, Robbie, and some of the ones like where you're wronged. And you, ha- and you like, I mean, you really, you're dying. You're dying to yourself. And you're giving your life up for someone else. And I really feel like that's what Jesus is doing. Is he's establishing worth. And I feel like that is where we come out of is I forgive because you know what? I've messed up. But the only righteousness I have is a gift of God. It's not based upon what I do or how well I perform it. And so my ability to forgive really comes out of that capacity that everything that has been given me has been a gift, like a gift from God. And really recognizing that that's that's what he gives to all of us. You know, to all of us. I mean, even on the cross, you know, that last minute, and you have these thieves, and the opportunities there. I mean, Jesus didn't say, well, let's recite something. No, he said, you will be with, I mean, the God chose. He said, you will be with me in paradise. I mean, he didn't do, I mean, he didn't live his life for the Lord. But at that moment, it was this gift. And I feel like in this scripture, this first scripture in Judgment, you see with these things, and I just, even within the body, these are just really huge. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. And that word judge really means, it means to sort out. But the tense of this is continuous action. Because you will see, Paul did speak in Corinthians how he judged someone. But as a one-time event, it was someone that was under his authority, and it was to bring them into restoration. So you have three things that are huge there. Um, but, but for me, like, this is like a type, I mean, it is a type, kind of like Mitch said, like with anger, <laughs> judgment just gets me just in a bad place. 
For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice that log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And so there's a perspective that he's really bringing into this. And the way that we relate to each other, like we've got to deal with, with these areas um, of standards. And really, that's Rick even hit on that in the law of sin and death versus the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus or the, the tree of life. That's, those are the differences in that. And then the next scripture, do not judge and you will not be judged and do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Pardon and you will be pardoned. And like once again, you have these aspects of judgment and condemnation and pardon in this place that, okay, the capacity that I do not condemn is because he does not condemn me. Like there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But I find like my tendency in those moments of being offended is to condemn. Because I've, you know, I've, I've had this measurement that I've created. And so once again, like, this is not a place of condemnation. But those areas that I'm lacking, even in this area of judgment, okay, Leah, like, where are those, have you really received the mercy and grace of God? Like, have you really received that aspect that there is no condemnation in him? Like, have you really received in those areas of your life that, that when you've asked for forgiveness, he does not remember it anymore? Like, the, like a lot of this comes out of this, this place because we measure and we judge out of really the way we judge ourselves. They kind of go back and forth. They um, give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. So even in this scripture of like, when you are reviled, do not revile. But instead, give a blessing that you may get a blessing. So that's the standard of measure. And I just think, I always heard this scripture in another context. I think I never, I always heard, 38 and I don't know but I never saw the do not judge do not condemn and this whole thing before that and I just think that especially in relationship within the body like this is a supernatural thing like these scriptures there's no way to perform it out in your flesh because your flesh my flesh is like totally not going that way but he does give us the provision to to walk that out um no, no, I think that was the last scripture. Yeah, I told her she should do the whole thing, but she wouldn't do it. <laughs> All right. um, and then the last one, and I think that's so huge. The whole, like I said, anything you can start getting your spirit, like this whole standard of measure. Jeez, I, I want an incredible good measure in my life, so I need to give that out. Need to give that out. Last one was just rebellion. Uh, flip all the way down to that verse 23. This is the whole story. If I had time, I would go on through Samuel and uh, Saul and Samuel and their interaction on this whole thing. But but you know, he just makes a statement. Rebellion is the sin of divination or witchcraft. And um, so there's a place that rebellion is huge in, in our lives. 
And I, and I, I find it in relationships, especially it's funny. It's like whether it's, you know, whether it's with a rig or, you know, somebody in, um, you know, over me or maybe it's with Leah, you know, I'll be like, oh, well, since you did that, well, I'll just go and do this, okay, and, and we'll be good. That's, I really believe that's rebellion in your heart, you know, and we do, I think we do that a lot. We start justifying, well, if you're going to do that, well, shoot, I'm going to do this, and, and that, that, that can't be the, our response um, in that. All right, so go on to the, so how, do, how are you going to walk? How do I walk on the other side of this? Well, definitely when I'm dealing with unforgiveness, God, I forgive Leah for hurting me in that way. And I also, I've asked forgiveness. I mean, you have to make these transactions. Just like the, you slid the card to get in, you got to slide a card to get out. And, and the, the card is the forgiveness of God. But you got to ask for it. God, forgive me for getting angry at her. God, forgive me for choosing rebellion and going the other way. Forgive me for judging her and her heart like when she did that. I judged her heart. Or forgive me for complaining against her with somebody, to somebody else. You know, those are the things. I've got to make the spiritual transaction. problem is, you know, like I said, we'll make the transaction. Yeah, God, I forgive Leah. I forgive her. Okay? And really, that's really not a great, you know. When you, when you find yourself, God, I just for, I forgive him. You can kind of tell that you're already not, you haven't dealt with the other side yet, because you know, the problem is you're trying to forgive somebody, but you're still lugging that hate, you know, anger, hatred, but judgment, bitterness, all that. You're just still trying to lug that around. And God's saying, get rid of both, get rid of the unforgiveness, but also deal with your stuff because you're dragging it around and it's heavy. Um, so how do we, how am I going to walk free of that? All right, I just put some things down. Definitely do what I very specific. We encourage people don't do blanket prayers. God, I just forgive my dad for everything he ever did in my whole life. Okay, that was a good attempt, but don't that doesn't do anything. I promise you, you you, you made no inter, you made, made no transaction in the spirit. Um, and I think that's been the frustration. I've walked with people, and they're like, "Well, gosh, I've forgiven him a thousand times." I mean, anybody ever felt like that in their life? You know, I just forgive him a hundred times, but I just can't get over it. Well. I, I might have forgiven, but I haven't asked forgiveness. You might be saying, Mitch, well, that's no fair. They're the ones that sinned against me. I'm like, well, that wasn't fair. And God would have acted on my, on my behalf. I promise you, he would have. The problem is, is when I sin in the process, I just nail I, I, I nailed, I put that scale right back into even. And God's saying, get it back. <laughs> he's, I think he's just yelling, get it back out of Get it back. I will, I, will, I will walk with that. But I encourage you uh, in this First Peter passage, entrust yourself. Entrust yourself to a judge that judges righteously. He can take care of me. God can take care of me without me having to hit the scale back up. Okay? Um, you know, right there at the end. He didn't revile. When he was suffering, he didn't uh, utter threats. When he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. But he kept entrusting himself. This is Jesus. Son of God, okay, this is where it gets to be where you can kind of throw out, well, he was just Jesus and he, he was this perfect man. This, that. No, he had to entrust himself in order to deal, in order to do what he was doing. He had to entrust himself to a God that was, that was trustworthy and that he was the righteous judge. He'll take care of it, all right? So that's the first one. The second one is just 
Uh, well, and that, that, that's a good passage at the end of that. He himself bore our sins on the cross. And we're going to look at that in just a second. All right, keep going. Forgive and, and repent quickly. I pray that you catch a vision of what repentance and forgiveness does. I pray you catch a vision of how, how and because I don't, I don't want you to try to catch a vision of what forgiveness and repentance does after you're in it. Because that's a hard, I mean, after I'm in it, man, the enemy's trying to take me down. But, man, if I can catch a vision of this before somebody offends me. So what happens when, look at this, when I repent. When I repent for things that I did. Guess what happens? Not only are my sins wiped away, but in order that times of refreshing may come by what? The presence of God. So what, why would we even stand up here and talk about this? You know, Because it's hard. You know, it's Things that have happened in our life are sometimes hard. Why would I do that? Because I want times of refreshing to come for you. I want times of refreshing in the presence of God. I want you to experience the presence of God on an everyday basis, not just trying to come here and get a few things off and then go home and get a few things back on and then come back here and get a few things off and go back. That's not it. I want the presence of God wants us to be empowered with his presence all the time. And these are things that are in our way. These are things that are trying to uh, come against us. So forgive. I mean, look at this. Indeed, what I've uh, forgiven you, if I've forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes. Why? That no advantage would be taken by Satan. So I don't want him to have the advantage in my life. I'm a believer. I'm a, I'm, I'm a son of God. And I need to walk in that place that God's already given me the ability to stand in that, the ability to walk uh, away from and forgive. All right? Look at this one, next one. Just bless instead. Uh, you know, I say to you, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. All right? Wow, what if, what if I would bless somebody back instead of... I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if, how many of you can get around that to do it, but I, I, I'm praying that I do. I'm praying I get to a place where somebody mistreats me, I pray for them. When somebody, you know, hurts me, that I bless them. Now, that takes some quick transactions, and that's what I'm praying that we can get to. Or all of a sudden, where all of a sudden that judgment comes in, stop, hold the boat. I'm going to deal with that right now. I'm not going to let it keep eating at me and eating at me. You know, when that bitterness comes in, things like that. You know, hit, if he hits you on the cheek, Offer him the other one. Um, keep going. There's another scripture, and I think I missed it. What's that one? Is that the is that the one that? What's the one you quoted with? Um, Steve getting instead give a blessing. Is that the Roman? Let me look up a scripture real quick. Because um, this is a huge one. Sorry. Some reason I had this in my notes too. And I... Second Peter, there. <laughs> we'll try to we'll try to say it. Sorry, y'all can bear with me for a second. Right? Y'all still love me? Mm, maybe. basically saying, you know, give a blessing instead so that you may inherit a blessing. I'm saying God wants us to, instead of uh, operating in that, being able to give a blessing so I can inherit one. All right? Yeah. 
to sum up, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. So when I get insulted, when I get hurt, wow, man, if I could exchange a blessing instead, man, what would that do? Well, I mean, what, just think about a body of Christ. Everybody in here, every time you got hurt, you just give a blessing. Guess what that would do? Talk about power of God. Good grief. We wouldn't be, would we, we wouldn't be having all this stuff lugging behind us, man. We'd be like, we're going to get ahead because we're giving blessings and we inherit those things as we give them. And we keep going. And so there's a place that, man, I just felt like kingdom of God all over that. Man, I, I just pray that that's what we become, a body that does that. I want to be a person that does that. Okay, I'm in that thing. But, um, but the last one, just look to the cross. We had, you know, talk about this. Um, go back to the previous one. You know, this is why I was up on the cross. You know, Father, forgive them because they know not what it is, right? The most incredibly hard, you know, physically demanding thing that Jesus did. And at that same time, he was being able to forgive because they don't know what that is. He had the perspective. He had, he had a totally different perspective. Look at the next one. I love this. Um, Therefore, since we have a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every what? Weight? Encumbrance? What that word is? Every weight. These things are the, what weights us down. You know, the things that we we're pulling behind. Throw all off. Why? Because it easily entangles us. What the word says. Because we have a run, weight race to run, and we need to run it. Right? We need to run. Yeah, thanks, brother. Go ahead. Um, we need to run it. Fixing our eyes. This is how you do it. You fix your eyes on Jesus. As soon as I fix my eyes on what Leah just did to me, I'm toast. Toast. Like, absolute toast. But when I fix my eyes on Jesus, fix my eyes on Jesus. Do you have a word? Did I, the one that I read? Oh, yeah. Yeah. First Peter 3, 9. Yeah, bless those. Uh, that was the one. Yeah, bless those. Yeah. I return evil for evil. They inherit a blessing. So there's a reality of that. You know, inherit, we need to inherit the blessing. But this, I love this, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him. Guess what? I mean, what's the only joy that you would have going to the cross? I mean, you, I mean, ask that question. I mean, what joy is there in getting beat to death beyond recognition, what it says in the Word? I mean, is that joy? I don't think so. You think hanging up there and not being able to breathe was joy? Absolutely not. But what was the joy? I really believe it was the joy was he was giving he was handing us the keys to deal with these situations that we're dealing with. He was giving us keys that we could overcome things in our life. You know, I can't just put my life on cruise control and think that everything that keeps you know all these transactions I keep making are gonna they're not piling up. But I think the word that Jared had earlier for Leah, you know, I don't have to be overwhelmed. God can help me walk back out of that. He can help me start sliding that trans- transactions the other way. He endured the cross. He despised the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Let's, let's, we'll end on this one. Consider him. Okay. Consider what Jesus did. Why? Who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary. Okay. Jesus, in relationships, got hurt. I mean, he. I mean. People mistreated him, misunderstood him, 
you know, abused him, did everything. I think he did that because he, he knew that people would be in that same predicament where you've been abused, you've been hurt, you've been beaten, you've been you know, discouraged, you've been cast down. And he's saying, I give you the keys. Consider me so you don't lose heart. That's the only thing. That's why i got to fix my eyes on Jesus or I lose heart real quick. Anybody been there? I mean, if, you, if I don't get my eyes fixed back on Jesus, I lose heart quick. That's where I've got to go. Got to go in these times. So I just encourage you. There's a there's a place that God just wants to bring freedom. Uh, we're going to kind of close shop. Robbie's going to worship over us. Um, you want to speak a little bit? We spoke a little bit, but what, what Jared had in the first service was good. I think I can do this. Oh, I was just talking about in the first service. Sometimes um, when you start to look at everything, it starts to pile up with this anger and bitterness and complaining. And you can get really heavy looking at all the places where you missed it. And uh, some of the temptations sometimes is to start trying to dig it up because you want to deal with it all, get it all done. Um, so you start trying to dig to find out where it's all at. You can get in a really bad place doing that. We have to remember that it's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. It says, Beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, being transformed from glory to glory, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Paul said, I've run the race. It wasn't a cliff dive. It wasn't an instantaneous thing. He said, I ran the race. It's a step-by-step process. If it was an instantaneous thing of being transformed, there's no relationship. And God's concerned about relationship. So it's, an, it's a walk-by-walk thing. It's a day-by-day and he takes us from glory to glory, and he deals with it, and he brings it up, and we deal with it as it comes. It says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He forgives you of your sins, and he remembers them no more. He forgives, he forgets, and he cleanses. There's no need to carry it around anymore, but it's a step-by-step process. The transformation of the mind is a day-by-day thing because he's so concerned about relationships. He won't do anything to violate that. And uh, we were talking earlier about even some of the places in the story that they read about Jesus when he knelt down in the sand. Um, Sometimes it's really easy to get into this place too where we start to judge ourselves. We start to pass judgment on ourselves. I just can't beat this anger. I'm just an angry person. I just can't get past complaining. But we start to just try to cast stones because of all the stuff we see where we've messed up. And we got to remember that Jesus told her, he said, I don't condemn you. So we can't condemn ourselves. If I have to, con- if I have to be convinced that he's going to be the judge in situations in my life for other people, then he's able to judge my own life. I don't even have the right to pass judgment on myself. Amen. There's a place that t- this morning, hey, yeah, God can take you. We're going to have some people. Uh, let's just stand for a second um, as we close out. Uh, Tamara, um, God just told me to declare rest over your house. He just declares a season of rest over your house. Every aspect of your house, He declares rest. Relationships with your kids, relationship with your husband, He declares rest over your house. Yeah, we agree with that. Um, 
We're just going to have some, if anybody, a uh, few people can come up for kind of to be here to pray for some people. That would be awesome. If some of my life group or ministry leaders could come up. Um, I just want to pray, and as I pray, you can come. We're going to close out after that prayer, and you can go grab your kids after that. But I'm just going to pray, and, and since we kind of went late, we're going to just close out. But I encourage you, if you need to deal with any of that stuff, that we just listed those six things, you realize that, wow, I've just been walking in that, in this relationship, you know, or, or this relationship, you know, and you need somebody to agree with you. Come and get that agreement. Uh, there was also a word uh, that a left hand wanted to be healed today. God wanted to heal a left hand. Your left hand probably wants to be healed if it isn't. But the reality is, is that God is a healer, healer, and there was a word of knowledge that uh, left hand, if you're having a struggle with your left hand, come and get prayer for that tonight, today. So, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you that, God, you're a God that's faithful to walk with us. Just as uh, Jared said, you are faithful to walk with us in relationship. God, that you, Lord, some of us just, I mean, I would love just, I think I would love it in certain ways, but I know that I would miss so much that if you just wipe it all clean and go. But God, you're wanting to take us from glory to glory, God. You're wanting us to walk through things that, so that we can be uh, changed and, and, and made whole and made new. God, you declared that, God, that you don't want to just rehab us. God, you want us to make us new. And you want us just to take us to some other uh, state of being. God, you want us to bring us into the newness of what you have for us. And Lord, some of this stuff that we've been lugging around, uh, Robbie declared last week of unforgiveness and maybe if that's you this week you can come and and pray and and ask god to and to give you the strength and get somebody to pray with you that you would be able to say i forgive so and so for that and at the same time that you'd be able to say god god forgive me for being angry forgive me for walking in bitterness god forgive me for walking and complaining forgive me for walking in that hate and that judgment, Lord God. Forgive me for walking in rebellion in that relationship, Lord. God, just empower us to make those spiritual transactions, God. That we can walk back out and we can get some of this heaviness off of us, God. And we know that we realize that we just continue to, we're just going to have the, the, the goal in the heart, Lord God, to see a, a, a body that is free. A, a, a family of God that's free towards one another, uh, towards themselves, and towards God. So that we can walk and, and we can give blessing, God. And we can inherit a blessing. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. So, I just encourage you, if you, right now, if, you, if you're just dealing with that, come and get some prayer. We've got a few people that will get some more people to pray. But I just encourage you, come. So, as Robbie is just going to sing over us, and I'm just going to release you uh, to get your kids. and But to come up if you need prayer. So, Lord, we just pray right now in Jesus' name that they would come. Or if anybody in here is hearing my voice that needs to come, they would come in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the blessing of life today. Thank you for the cross, God, that gives us the ability to walk back out of these and make transactions that give us freedom and, and life. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We bless you. And we just give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So come and get prayer if you need it. Uh, healing if you need it. And um, otherwise, be blessed. Have a great week.